1: This I don't know what I'm doing,
0: I can't do this shit. What's better than this, guys? Being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show, talking about the ACC, who has produced the second most first-round draft picks in Power 5 since 2005. That isn't the SEC.
1: Kyle, welcome. Thanks, Joe. I want to welcome you. Thank you. No, 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 no. I'm not talking to the podcast. I want to welcome you to the Jadavion Clowney Sweepstakes, brother. The bills, bills are in.
0: They're not in.
1: The bills they're, are not in. But I, I saw the headline and I had to laugh.
0: Oh, uh, if Tim Graham says they're not in, you can just move on with your life.
1: Now I do have a question. This is the question I said in the pre-show I wanted to ask you, and it has to do with Jadavian Clowney. I want to ask it first and get it out of the way before oh. we get into uh, the ACC. All right. What's the trade value for Jadavian Clowney? We have had, we've had some pretty in-depth debates on the the merits of like Yannick and Gakwe, right? Yeah. What's the trade value when you take into account the player, the health, the production, the upside still that remains with Davion Clowney, his contract situation? This is a pretty complicated proposition.
0: I think just as much as not being able to sign him to a long-term deal until after the season, I'm as much concerned with five surgeries over the, like the last five years, <laughs> like significant ones, like microfracture surgery on his knee. So. Um, I mean his value couldn't be lower, right? And I think this is just another reason why Brian Gain got fired after 17 months on the job. He completely mismanaged literally everything that came his way as general manager of the Houston Texans. Act um, with the Bills though. Yeah, and that's fine. He can go be whatever he did with the Bills that got on the job with Houston and he can, you know, sit behind Dan Morgan and Joe Shane and Brandon Bean and that'll be fine. So what's his value? What do you give up for him? I don't know what you – I I literally can't even – I don't know, a two? D I'm Ford not giving went up an early two?
1: two. I'm not giving up an early two. If yeah. I know my team's probably not going to make the playoffs, I'm not trading my two.
0: D, D Ford went for an early two and signed a long-term deal. I don't know. Like, I – What are you going to do? Like, if you trade him for a three, I mean, you basically just get a three if he walks in in, as a compensatory pick. Now, Houston has a ton of cap space, so they'll probably be active in bringing players in. But, I mean, it just literally couldn't be worse. Like, what you have to probably do is trade an offensive lineman that can help Houston. And and obviously, everyone wants to look at Washington. Well, Washington Washington isn't sitting here with this huge need for an edge rusher. Not that Jadavian Clowney couldn't help all 32 teams in the NFL.
1: No, I do, I do want to counter you real quick. Okay. You, know, you talked about the five surgeries in five years, and that is a real thing. But he's missed three football games in the last three years, and that's it.
0: I know, but th- doesn't that stuff just compound, and it just eventually becomes a problem? Eventually. Yeah. I don't know what that strike zone is, but it's concerning me.
1: He's still only 26 years old, man. I, don't know. I don't know. He's a young man. football player still. Came into the league at 21. Uh, you don't many tackles for loss Clowney has in the last three years?
0: I'm guessing over 30.
1: 53. Wow, it's good. You know how many quarterback hits JV on Clowney has in the last three years? 40. Uh, 59. Mm-hmm. 24 uh, and a half sacks over the last three years.
0: You know the complicating six- – Go ahead.
1: Six force f- or four-force fumbles.
0: The complicating thing is that he has his own built-in no-trade clause because he hasn't signed his tender. Correct. So, like, he can sit here and say, yep, nope. He has all the leverage. I don't know how Houston let this happen. It's ridiculous.
1: Because they had Brian Gain and then they had no general manager. (laughs) I assume that this general manager by committee thing (laughs) is a good idea when it's not. It is not, folks. Do not try this at home, because this is what you get, where they're going to take the number one overall pick, player that they they hit the franchise tag with, and they're going to have to give them away for peanuts. Because yeah. as you said, with the, the dollars that they have, they're almost, they almost, as a team with a quarterback on a rookie deal and a Super Bowl window right now, they have to spend money next year. They have to, which means they're not going to get a comp pick back for Jadavion Clowney. Which means Kyle, you have to trade him right now. This team
0: won the division in last year. And they're tinkering around with stuff they can't they, be tinkering they, around they with. Falling
1: dude. apart at the seams. Poor Deshaun Watson. And They want to C- trade for a left tackle because they <laughs> took two two offensive tackles with top, top 60 picks and neither one of them can play tackle. Ridiculous.
0: ACC great Deshaun Watson, by the way. Yes. See what I did
1: there? Didn't you're 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 done with this topic? You're ready to segue. No, I just thought it was a nice opportunity, so
0: take it. That's fine. Would you have more to say here?
1: I, I I'm just my mind is blown that we've reached this point, <laughs> and the only reason we've reached this point is because Houston decided to tag him as a linebacker versus a defensive end. <laughs> when Clowney probably plays more. Inside, than he does as a stand-up linebacker.
0: He's got, he, he wants what five years, one hundred and ten.
1: Yeah, he he. I mean, he saw that deal Trey Flowers got. Yeah, we all did. Trey got what five years, ninety.
0: Well, I I think it was maybe more than
1: that. No, it was nineteen million a year.
0: Okay, well there you go. That's a lot of money.
1: Clowney wants the Brinks truck backed up. And I don't blame him because we, he's hes really only now reaching his, his physical peak.
0: And now that he's healthy, right, his first couple seasons, he really did miss a lot of time. So its it's a big deal for him. Yeah, he definitely – I'm looking at his snap breakdown right now. And he definitely plays defensive line. 853 of his 974 snaps last year were on the defensive line. He had and 7 Houston
1: has the balls to tag him as a linebacker.
0: Yeah, 113 snaps at like an off-ball position.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> Houston, you deserve every bit of this. Uh... Unacceptable. Free clowning, man, trading to Miami.
0: So I mean, I I'm sure you saw the rumbling that he didn't he said he wouldn't sign there or something. And that was kind of like the first chance of him flexing on that no trade clause. That's kind of built in, but not really.
1: Which I think is interesting. I'm sure some of it has to do with playing, especially with his non-guaranteed year this year on a uh, competitive football team. I'm sure that's a big piece of it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to live in South Florida, tax-free income, sign a mega contract. Like,
0: I, I thought it, to me, I thought maybe it was about scheme, like just that he really wanted to play 4-3 end. And not.
1: I guess if it's what he wants. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the, this is off the same branch. So this is going to be very similar usage right. for Clowney where they're, they're going to play him in a lot of, you know, pass rush situations, hand in the dirt, maybe, you know, five tech or four eye and give him opportunities to, to rush inside. And, and that's really where he shines as a run defender too, with his hand in the dirt. So I think, I know, I think I, it'd be a very very easy transition for clowning to turn, transition over Miami's Miami's defense.
0: Right. I, I agree with you and he's been successful in it for the last three seasons. I just, I, I was trying to piece it together in my head unless he just doesn't buy into what's happening, right? He doesn't want to be part of a, a, a team a that's, you yeah, know, rebuild yeah. then.
1: All right, then Which, there you go. You know, can't hold it too much against you. We'd love to have you, though. Talk about the ACC?
0: I, I don't know. Are you ready to do
1: it? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. All right. Now that we've wasted the first nine minutes of the podcast talking yeah. about David Clowney on an ACC pod.
0: Yeah, so. we should just do the Pac-12 instead.
1: <laughs> we could do a Notre Dame, call it a day. Yeah. Got to start with Clemson, right? Do we?
0: Yeah, they got good players.
1: Their draft prospects aren't as promising as last year. Oh, Obviously. God. With yeah. Farrell and Wilkins being top 15 pick. Uh, Lawrence being added as a top 20 pick. But with that said, um, who do you think the best... 2019 prospect or 2020 prospect is on this team?
0: Um, I have, I have them pretty close, but I, I think it's got to be ETN, just how explosive he is as a running back. Um, really encouraged to read about uh, from Anna Hickey. She wrote about how he's really blossomed in terms of his, his pass catching set and the confidence that he's grown in that area and just kind of becoming a leader. I know that uh, Tavian Feaster and Adam choice, a couple of veterans were there and, it kind of was perceived that he hid behind those guys, but now it's his room. It sounds like he's really commanded the room. So that stuff is really encouraging. Obviously, you watch him play, you see a very explosive football player that just destroys pursuit angles. So I think he's a big play guy, and I think that he's one of the best backs in the entire class. So for me, he's their best all around prospect. But, you know, I'm not sleeping on AJ Terrell, their cornerback over there. I think he's really, really has the makeup. Of, of a really top-tier man coverage corner. So those are where where I think the top two players on this football team are.
1: No love for Isaiah Simmons?
0: I like Isaiah Simmons, but I, I, think, I think he underwhelmed me a bit on tape. Obviously, he had the splash plays in the playoffs, which I don't disregard, but I don't think he sees it real well right now. I don't think he plays fast, and uh, he was winning with all traits. And now, look, that's an exciting – proposition that if he can combine some, some, you know, mental growth with what he can offer physically, you have a really exciting football player that can be a matchup eraser for a, an NFL defense. But I think he's got to take a big step with the mental side of the game. He's all tools and that's fine and that he'll get drafted high and he deserves to, but I'm not, I'm cautious a little bit about uh, where he is in terms
1: of processing. I'd bet the form that he's the highest drafted prospect. On this
0: Sh- sure. Sure. Yeah. Which I, I don't think that's a bad bet. I think this is just coming to my own personal, you know, viewpoints of these players. And I I wouldn't value them like that.
1: I think it was most prevalent in underneath zone coverage. Um, Oh gosh. He's just late. Yeah. The areas for him where it's like he gets to his drop landmark and he doesn't feel stuff in his peripherals real well. And then once the quarterback cocks his arm, like he's got no idea where to go. Right. So it's like, there's times he's flipping opposite of where the receiver is just doesn't know where he's at behind him. Um, but as far as you play him in man coverage. Right. You, you see the press rep against Miles Boykin against yeah. Notre Dame. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Yep. I, I stood up on that play. Because <laughs> for him to uh Boykin to release inside on him and Simmons to open outside, which is what you're taught to do in those situations. If your hips are opened and somebody kind of cuts back across you, they don't want you to try and transition your hips two hundred and seventy degrees. Just go 90 and, yep. and flip opposite and find the receiver. And he does that, and then he plays the ball inside and comes across to undercut the ball and bat the ball away from Boykin on, a, on a, a vertical route down the field. That's special. I mean, that that's really, like you said, special physical tools. I think he's much better in man coverage than he is in zone coverage. I love him as a run defender, and I love him coming off the edge, whether it's as a blitzer or – uh, a guy that's going to attack uh, tight ends or lead backs a, a, at the point of attack. I think he blows those plays up. I mean, he blows up point men on quick game and screen. So, uh, I think uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm maybe a little bit higher on him right now as who he is right now. But it's very clear we both acknowledge the special potential that there is. This is every him.
0: linebacker with me and you. Yeah, well, Devin White, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's like I feel like you believe it quicker than I do a lot of times with these backers. Um, and, we, look. I, I don't
1: know these – I mean, I'm not going to split hairs and, and argue whether he's a linebacker or a safety.
0: No, I don't think that's – he's a he's an eraser is what he is.
1: Yes, he he's going to play 95% of your snaps, and he'll play in nickel. He can play in the nickel. Uh, If they go condensed formations, he can play in between the tackles. Right. He'll play some off man. He'll play some deeps. Like he'll he'll play everywhere. It's fine. Don't overthink it just because he doesn't have a true position.
0: I like T. Higgins more than you.
1: Yeah, wide receiver. I know
0: know, it's weird to me. I think he's got really he does he has a big catch radius and he does a really good job of extending it. And uh, I think I like his route pace really good. I mean, he's more of a vertical route runner than. A guy that you're going to ask to to do a whole lot of hard horizontal breaks, but I thought he was decisive after the catch. I just thought there was a lot of good pace and tempo to the way he plays, and I like his I like his length, and I think he's got enough juice. Like, what do
1: you think? What do you think of his explosiveness? Because that's a big hang up for me with him.
0: I mean, it's probably pretty average, but I think he's like a bigger Demarcus Lodge, if that yeah, makes DeMarcus sense. Lodge
1: went UDFA.
0: I know that, but I think that stylistically, I like the I like them. In similar ways, and I think maybe there's more consistency at the catch point from uh, T. Higgins' Notre Dame drop aside. I like him. I wouldn't take him in the first round, I'll tell you that, but I think he's a very solid day two wide receiver.
1: But that's the conversation is, is being talked about as a top oh, 50 player. Oh,
0: yeah, that's the thing. I mean, right now, people are just putting together rankings and not watching tape, right? It's bullshit. You see these rankings. It's all about stats and recruiting rankings, and nobody's watching any tape. And there's this huge discrepancy between reality and... Uh, because people want to put out boards way earlier than they're ready to, and what these players are on the field, so I, we just see this crap every year.
1: Anybody in the offensive line? I know we're we're investing a lot of time in Clemson, yeah. but this is the main event of the ACC. So they,
0: uh, no, go ahead. Have you watched these offensive linemen? They got a guard, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, they've got two guards and John Simpson and Gage Cervenka, and they got a right tackle in Tremaine uh, Ancrum. So they they got three. Sean Pollard's also uh, a, a starter as a senior center for them. I know from people that I've had conversations with regarding Clemson Cervenka seems to be the consensus mm-hmm. uh, top prospect amongst this group. Uh, I think the right tackle Ankrum has some interesting tools, but he's kind of sloppy with them. Uh, Cervenka is very much a, a power player. He will beat you up at a phone booth. Um, but I, I, you know, it's, it's weird. You see guys like Quentin Spain out of West Virginia, right? <laughs> right. Who, who came into the league and it's like, well, this guy really can't move. And then like he plays and not only does he play like he's an a, a average starting guard at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like where my thought process went with Cervenka, where it's like, oh, yeah, he'll kick your butt in tight space, but he's not really all that mobile. But then I take into consideration and think of all the examples of guys that it's like, well, you know, this guy really can't move, but he's strong as hell. And if you can play him in tight spaces, he's he's really going to be stout for you. And he's got enough reach and range where he can at least mitigate some of the issues of leaving his lower body behind on plays. And that's where I'm at with Servenka.
0: All right, let's switch gears to another team. <laughs> okay.
1: We'd be here all day.
0: Yeah, we could.
1: We did eight minutes on Clowney and eight minutes on Clemson. So
0: right, right. <laughs> and I have tons of takes on the rest of these guys. So all right, well uh, then
1: you go. This is this is your baby. So let's uh, see what our, you got.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's go to Virginia. Bryce Hall, um, very exciting football player. We talked a lot about him last year. He wound up staying in school for a senior season. He's got range. He's got length. He's physical. Uh, he's got tremendous ball skills. And um, I thought he had a chance to be the first cornerback drafted last year. Now, this year it gets a little bit more difficult because this corner class is really, really stacked. But he's, he's to me, my number one ACC prospect overall. So, uh, <laughs> did you think that's crazy?
1: A little bit, but go ahead.
0: Who do you like more than
1: Simmons? I mean, Bryce Hall's going to be like a top 15 prospect for me when my board comes out. So, who's your number
0: year. one ACC player?
1: I mean, I'm not going to do the math right now. Okay. I just thought it was a strong take, that's all.
0: <laughs> They've got a good uh, – Charles Snowden's just a fun football player, linebacker there. He's like 6'7", 230, but he plays off the ball, and he moves really well. And he had some really nice reps in both man and zone coverage where he sinks, and you can just tell that he has a good feel for for spacing coverage and, and mirroring routes and getting his, his hands in throwing lanes and really affecting – uh, the way that the a quarterback can can throw throw the football and where he can put it. So I think in terms of a sleeper, he's a uh, you know, look, it's only his third year. He's he's a true junior. So I'm not sure if he'll declare because uh, a lot of Virginia guys don't. But I think that he's got a lot of interesting traits when it comes to uh, what he can be is a kind of a hybrid off ball hand of the dirt type guy.
1: Else this defense.
0: Uh, I mean, they've got yeah, they've got guys, but like Joey Blount and uh, Brenton Nelson and what's Jordan a saber, Mack. By the way, a saber is a sword.
1: No, 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 no. It's like their it's their position.
0: Who do they have playing it?
1: Uh, Brenton Nelson.
0: Okay, so this is like um, I think it's like a like a rover type safety. Okay, it's yeah, it's they, the,
1: they actually designate field corner and boundary corner.
0: Yeah, it's, like, it's they did the same thing. Remember when? Um, it's like the Quinn Blanding role. Oh, they put yeah. one safety in a position to be a lot more active and then I play one back. And so this is the one that's going to have a ton of, make a ton of plays. I guess that's what they call it.
1: I guess is is Miami or Florida State like the next most talented oh, team?
0: Oh, Miami. Miami. For sure. I don't really like Florida State.
1: Uh, you just don't like the offense.
0: It's so stupid, Kyle. It's one of the dumbest schemes I've ever seen in my life. They've got some interesting weapons, like Cam Akers is an interesting running back in terms of size and acceleration and power. Uh, like all, Rand- their
1: talent, all their talent's on defense this year, though. Florida right,
0: right. But, like, and their offensive line blows, and I don't know. Willie Taggart yeah. can't call plays. It's
1: Death taxes in it. a shitty Florida State offensive line.
0: Right. He can't get it. To- the line. <laughs> Who do you like on their defense?
1: Uh, what's the, the real long named kid,
0: the linebacker. Yes. I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not going to try.
1: I'm going to pull it. Up. I know, uh, Marvin Wilson's interesting. True junior, uh, knows like the number
0: six me. overall prospect, Marvin Wilson. He didn't move as well as I thought. Uh, I just kind of peeped him when I was finalizing my, my top 10 for the ACC. And I was just like, man, like you don't have anything explosive about you. Maybe it was just the wrong sample size of games, but I was really underwhelmed by Marvin
1: Wilson. So Stanford Samuels the third is a corner for them uh some nice ball production he's like real tall real long he's real wiry but he's got some good ball skills uh, particularly in zone coverage so I think he was he was a name that flashed at me a little bit we all like Levanta Taylor coming into last year and Levanta Taylor is gonna play free safety this year for Florida State has uh, uh he battled some back issues last year uh, came back ultimately and I think it was a good decision for him to do so and uh, he's fun he's kind of I don't want to call him like a Lamarcus Joyner, right? But like that's his stature. And like you're hoping he can play yeah. that as a safety on the back end for them. Um and then Nasser Ladine, uh Hamsa Nasser Ledeen is number twenty-three, the the linebacker that I mentioned at the very beginning of this is true junior this year, who just oozes athleticism and he's super smooth and he's long. And uh that's the name that I would put a star on in this Florida State defense as far as like I think Nasser Ledeen's the best defensive prospect that Florida State has this year.
0: And Tamaran Terry, he's a big boy, redshirt sophomore, wide receiver. He's probably their most interesting guy on offense outside of Cam Akers, who I think Cam Akers got to take a big step forward this year. I thought he was very disappointing last year. I'm not sure how much of that was his fault because the offensive line sucks, and so does Willie Taggart. Uh, but, you know, I thought he he caused some of his own issues as well in terms of abandoning holes and you could just tell he just wasn't confident pressing the line of scrimmage, which I kind of get it, but he was bad. So Miami. You did a lot of work on this defense. So if you, if you have some takes on these linebackers, I'd I'd be interested to hear them.
1: Uh uh, yeah, they're all bad. How's that?
0: <laughs> uh, We've told they've been good since they were freshmen. I knew it last year yeah. when I studied their tape. I'm like, this remember, isn't it.
1: I remember you telling me last year, it's like, ah, I'm not feeling this group of McLeod, Quarterman, and Pigney, dude. And I was, like, really surprised. I'm like, what? Were you, really? They were, like, good as freshmen? And, like, here's the problem. They're all the exact same players that they were. I don't feel like there's been any development or improvement or, like, some of these guys are really heavy padded dudes. Yeah, And they just, they play within the hashes and they play downhill and that's okay. But like that role is so mitigated at the NFL level these days. You're seeing guys like Jerome Baker had to add 10 pounds to play at 227 <laughs> and it's going to be a three, three down linebacker for the Dolphins this year as an example. So like the days of being 240, 245 pounds, if you cannot move, like those days are over which was what made, uh, who is it, Khalil Hodge? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Khalil Hodge played played at Buffalo last year, and he was like, two years ago, he was like 225 pounds, and we're like, yep. wow, this kid's got range and he could tackle, but uh, he's a little light. So then he showed up at the Shrine game at like 255.
0: Yeah, you couldn't <laughs> and then move. He went
1: undrafted. Like, you went the wrong way, dude. Right. You can't, you can't play like that and expect to be a highly coveted prospect. So these aren't – Bad players, you know. I said they're all bad. It was was more of the humor of of leading into the conversation with that. But on a serious note, uh, mental processing, I think, can still be an issue for these guys as far as the speed in which they make their reads. They miss a lot of tackles, and they're athletically limited, so not a great recipe. Versus, you look at some of the other players on this defense, and I look at defensive end Jonathan Garvin. Uh, who I think has uh, second-round potential. Uh, he's a true junior this year, but really you know, impressive build, nice first step on him. Uh, he's got all the traits and tools that you would want to look for. Uh, Trajan Bandy, I know, gets a lot of love, uh, number two, the corner for them. And he is a little bit undersized. He's like 5'9", 190, but he's slapped together really well, and he can hit you really well. And then obviously the big one for them, is uh, Trayvon Hill, who transferred in from mm-hmm. Virginia Tech after getting dismissed from the program last year for butting heads with the coaches. Uh, Trayvon Hill, if you wipe away all of the off-the-field concerns, has first-round traits. Yes. It's can he alleviate those concerns, have a good pre-draft process, stay you know out of the headlines for the wrong reasons, and just play football. And if he can can do that, you know, and stay focused on when he needs to. Trayvon Hill can be a, a difference maker for Miami on defense.
0: One note on quarterman. I just think his angles suck. It's slow processing, it's the limited athletic ability, and then it's taking angles that just do not lead to success in arriving on schedule. He is always just like he under pursues and then he turns and runs. It's like over and yeah. over again, man. He runs 4
1: 9, but thinks he runs 4 6. That's a problem.
0: <laughs> it's. He had learned in three years, man. Uh, on offense, uh, offense. I like uh, I like KJ Osborne. He's a transfer in for the University of Buffalo. He can return. He can run routes. He's a big time leader. I think he's one of the biggest sleepers in this conference. So uh, teaser Jeff to Thomas. my, what's that?
1: Jeff Thomas.
0: Yeah, you like him. Yeah. Tell us about him.
1: Wait, did he get dismissed from the team?
0: Uh, he's on our lads. I haven't heard that.
1: Our lad's profile right now has dismissed from team on 11-21-2018. Stories vary but did not follow the team rules.
0: Oh, gosh, I didn't know that. He's listed under depth chart as a starting wide receiver X. So,
1: Wait, We need to confirm this.
0: Uh, while he confirms that, I think we glossed over Trajan Bandy at corner there. I'm not sure he's uh, like a oh, high geez. pick, but he's interesting at least.
1: Gifted receiver Jeff Thomas announces he's returning to Miami. Okay. All right. So he's still on Miami. Uh, he was offered to go to Illinois when mm. dismissed, uh, but he's coming back to Miami. Okay. so We got to dig on that. That's a weird situation. Uh, Jeff Thomas against LSU last year really flashed to me. You know, that one-handed, he had kind of that over route and the ball mm-hmm. was high and inside because Miami doesn't have a quarterback that can throw the ball worth a lick just like their pro team and um, threw it high and inside on him and he came back and caught it one hand, kind of back away from his momentum. Uh, He's quick. He's smooth. He's quick. I like his releases off the line. He's going to be just a slot guy. He's like 5'10", 180. So you're going to get a lot of those guys this year. And I think you're going to start to see like I think we saw it this past year too, Joe, um, kind of like a running back surplus situation with the shifty undersized slot receivers where that's where I'm concerned with, with stock for Jeff Thomas aside of whatever the issue is with his off the field that had him dismissed from the team. Uh, y- you can get a lot of these types of guys and they can kind of serve as a, um, replacement level players for each other because there's a ton of great athletes and guys that are quick and, and, you know, when you afford them the space of running and releasing in the middle of the field, as slot guys, they don't have to fight through so much of the trash. So it becomes much easier to showcase your talent. So uh, that would be my concern with a guy like Jeff Thomas with his size and stature and what he projects to at the next level.
0: Let me just kind of go rapid fire the rest of the way here.
1: Um, yes let's do that
0: all right all right here we go here we go uh Duke Mark Gilbert he's still coming back from that hip hip injury from last year I'm not kind of feeling a good.
1: wilder playing huh
0: yeah I'm not feeling good about that at all uh, he had a really good 2017 but uh, not a good situation Georgia Tech nothing to see here uh, UNC's got a couple of running backs that are interesting in offensive tackle uh, John Heck or Charlie heck excuse me John I was say John, John
1: heck was He'd be on the Van Wilder plan too, right? Right, like, right yeah.
0: his brother. He's he's a interesting offensive lineman. Uh, Virginia Tech has Reggie Floyd, a safety there. He's big, physical, long, rangy, ball skills, all that type of stuff. I think he's one of the uh, one of the better prospects in the conference overall. Um, looking over at Wake Forest, Isang Bassi. Um, he's pretty quick with his footwork. He's he's loose with his hips. He's not very physical. Smaller guy, nickel. Uh, Syracuse Alton Robinson edge rusher I think he's one of the better prospects in this class double digit sack guy from a year ago love love his fundamentals he's a guy that uh knows how to step down when this guy pulls and he jams a tight end and he's got some uh, enough variety with this pass rush I'd love to see him develop an inside move I felt he kind of missed some opportunities to attack the b gap at times they
1: have another Uh, one too right
0: they do another double digit sack guy Kendall Coleman. Yep. Kendall Coleman and their safety uh, had six interceptions last year. And Dino Babers tells you that his kicker and punter are both NFL guys. So I don't, how, I don't know how, I don't know how Syracuse is going to have five and a half wins. Like Vegas told us uh, NC state. I really like a couple of defensive linemen there. James Smith Williams and Laryl Murchison. I think Murchison's really nice player when it comes to penetration style, interior penetrator, wrecking ball type three technique player. And, uh, The defensive end James Smith Williams, he's one of those heavy-handed guys who um, you don't see the athleticism much on film, but maybe that will happen this year if he can really combine those power traits with uh, a little bit more juice in the way he plays, playing faster. I think that he could be a guy that the uh, the Belichick disciples will all gravitate towards. Mecki Betton, this offensive tackle from Louisville, he's like three hundred and eighty pounds and he 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 plays like it. I think he needs to lose like about fifty pounds and then try to play tackle. I wasn't very encouraged. By his ability to win out in space on an island, what did I forget?
1: Boston College.
0: Oh, AJ Dillon. Do you like him? No. <laughs> People are going to be so mad about it, but he's not really that I exciting know. of a prospect. He's Such
1: a fun college back. Yeah. But you. It's like the the two hundred forty pound linebackers, man. Like you don't you don't get backs like this anymore. And I don't. He's think a he's tank, dynamic. but he is a tank. But like. Have you ever seen him gain the corner on anybody without like the Boston college offensive line, all doing outside zone stuff and just reaching everybody across the board. He can't run outside because he's not dynamic enough. Yeah. I mean, he's extremely physical and he will be a NFL back, but is he ever going to be a lead back? I don't think he's versatile enough to be a lead back.
0: I glossed over Pitt. They have Maurice French. Who's been a really productive receiver for them. Uh, Demar Hamlin's a safety to look at. And I really was interested in Rashad Weaver, but he's out for the year.
1: Yeah, we jinxed him. Yeah, we did. We said, yeah, you know, Pitt's got Rashad Weaver named to watch. <laughs> and then literally, like eight hours later, it's announced uh, he, what, he tore his ACL, right?
0: I think so, yeah. It's not, 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 good.
1: not good. Good luck to him. Hoping he bounces back. Um, all right, so real quick who are your picks to play in the ACC Championship game?
0: I was thinking it was Clemson-Miami, brother, but I don't know about Miami. Uh, Touting out this freshman and, and like, I don't know. I'm nervous about it. So who does that leave in the coastal? Um, Virginia? I mean, it would make sense because they're the the only team in the last six years that hasn't won this division. So, like, I guess they're due. I think about Virginia and Virginia Tech. I'm just not a believer in Virginia Tech, man. I'm just not.
1: Um, You don't like uh –
0: Fuente. Tech. Yeah, yeah I like Fuente. like Fuente. I mean, Ryan Willis is an p- interesting quarterback. I don't know that he has much of skill positions. They'll be better on defense. Everyone was so young on on defense last year, and it's Bud Foster's last year. Like, I can, I can see a course there for Virginia Tech. But, I mean, I think Virginia is, like, similar. They're going to be good on defense. They have a, a fairly dynamic college quarterback, but I don't think they have anything for weapons so uh what do they call that the commonwealth cup or something yeah yeah i think that could be the that could be a playing game for the for the right to lose to clemson and charlotte
1: i'd I'd probably go virginia tech uh i do know they have hazelton at wide receiver damon hazelton oh
0: yeah hazelton yeah he was good last year and they have a tight end
1: yeah so he i mean he's 6'2 220 so he's a really physical dude um is Dalton Keene the tight end you were thinking of? Yeah, he's
0: interesting, at least. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, they, I mean, they, they have enough there. And like you said, Ryan Willis gives me enough. Right. You know, that I can feel good about him. So, uh, it will come down to them and, and Virginia because Miami, you know, we all expected Tate Martel to kind of come in, transfer in. Oh, Ohio State kid going to take the job. Well, Tate Martel's lost four straight quarterback battles now. So, <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, Really disheartening. Miami does have a cakewalk of a schedule, and they get both Virginia and Virginia Tech at home this year.
0: Oh, do they? That's going to be a big deal. Is it late in the season at least?
1: No, it's October 5th and October 11th. They play in back-to-back weeks.
0: What's the weather like in Miami in October?
1: Warm enough. Crap. They'll feel it. Although the the Virginia game's a night game at 8 o'clock. That's helpful. But, I mean, Miami has neutral site against Florida, then they play UNC. Which should be a win. They play uh, bethane Cookman and Central Michigan, and then they have an off week, and then they play host Virginia Tech, and then the following week they host Virginia. So you'll you'll know by the second week in October if <laughs> they have any running whatsoever, because if they if they win both those games, the rest of the conferences and or the rest of the divisions in trouble because Miami's got cakewalk the rest of the way.
0: Well, that's the mix of teams, right? I mean, I, I guess there's a reasonable course for all three of them, but Virginia Tech's probably the most talented team between Virginia and Virginia Tech if we dismiss Miami. And um ah, maybe th-
1: Miami's got problems in the wrong spots, right?
0: Well, yeah. Big time.
1: They're gonna play tough defense. No, Diaz is gonna have him fired up.
0: Oh, he, so- he certainly will. He certainly will. But I mean, is this it's like a bad version of LSU?
1: What a great comp. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Miami's like the 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 uh, generic brand version of LSU.
0: <laughs> the C-plus version of LSU. <laughs> Wait, didn't they play? They played last year. Didn't last Miami? Year,
1: LSU, LSU whooped their ass.
0: Yeah, all right. So there you go. Miami
1: came, Miami came in like ranked eighth or something like that. Yeah. LSU was 25th. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, Miami's (laughs) coming off a big year. Uh, They lost the bowl game to Wisconsin, but other than that, they should turn it around. And no, not exactly how it worked out. Uh, I guess we should probably sign off before we get ourselves in any more trouble with the network, huh? We're at 36. Right, right. Yep, got to. uh, We we did okay. We didn't do great, but we did okay. Guys, come back tomorrow. We're going to be previewing either the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. And then next Monday, we're going to be finishing the other one before we shift our eyes to some NFL previews. And then, Joe, the following week, we've got big board reveals on Monday.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: So there's some good stuff coming. Make sure you hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast. Come back and see us. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you guys have a great Thursday.